Welcome back, Chiefs fans. It is the divisional round. How do you stop Josh Allen and that potent offense? Not just to get your offense back on the field. We're going to go through it. We're going to deal with the injuries, also the news, and then get into our four goals and give you predictions. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome to another Red Friday. A divisional Red Friday. I like those. Yep. They're they're my they're not my favorite kind, but they're close. Yeah, I'd say a Super Bowl <laughs> Red Friday probably is my favorite, but yeah, I would <sighs> say so. That's it. It's been an interesting day. We're going to run down for you today, folks. From Chris Clark as well as myself, I'm Ryan Tracy. If you're new to us, welcome to the show. Like, sub, at the thing on YouTube. Make sure you check us out and subscribe over on the audio platforms as well, because we're free everywhere we are. Uh, there is a lot going on. They have to attack the Buffalo Bills, and they can't afford, really, to be slow about it. So thank you for making us your first listen. We're going to go through how everything revolves around Josh Allen, some goals, some matchups, et cetera. We have to get to the news, too, because Daryl Williams is still not practicing. So I think we're to the point now that with a couple of days of practice for Clyde Edwards-Alaire and a couple of days of not practicing for Daryl Williams is we're going to see a change at the running back position to be working with Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, and I do think Daryl's going to be out, and the other guy that is not practicing is Fitton, and I don't think he plays either, but, uh, you know, that kind of yeah. stinks. Uh, I think that's a bad deal for Kansas City because you would like to have all your corners up if you could, but uh, what are you going to do? Uh, Fitton in particular, I, I'm just concerned long-term because they have not really gone out and, and explained specifically what the injury is. So it is a back, hasn't practiced all week, don't expect him. Uh, hopefully they can get them back here in the next couple of weeks if they can pull off this matchup because this matchup is going to be a barn burner for all that we can tell. Now, there was an episode with Willie Gay this morning or last night that we found out about this morning as we were getting ready uh, for the day. Uh, he missed practice today due to it. It was a misdemeanor uh, that he was arrested for. Looks like he should be available. We'll find out more tomorrow out on bond, et cetera, et cetera. All those details we can worry about later. No one was harmed in the making of this incident. And bottom line is it should be something he should be able to be available from. We'll see what happens long-term uh, discipline from the league or from the team at that point. They need him because Josh Allen is a guy that has to use his wheels, I think, to make sure that his offense can move. If he doesn't, if the Chiefs are able to take away the targets, I don't believe, even despite the, the success that they've had in the last couple of weeks, Singletary and Moss, that the run game in Buffalo is something that can make the Chiefs lose this game. Yeah, and I will throw out really quick, another reason they need Willie Gay is because Anthony Hitchens was limited in practice because of a back issue. That is going to make their linebacking core very thin if Willie Gay is not able to play. I, I agree with you. I do think he's available, so I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. But uh, it is an issue with Hitchens possibly being out. Um, although you run a lot of two linebacker sets, so you'd still have Bolton and Gay in this situation, and I think that would be a good situation for Kansas City. My question is going to be is how are they going to stop the running game, and are they going to contribute a spy to stop Josh Allen. I did a lot of talking about this actually on the crossover episode. And it looks like when you look at the running game for the bills, they've got about 170 yards in the past five or six games on the, on the ground. 80 of that is usually coming from Devin Singletary. 60 of it is usually coming from Josh Allen. 
if they run Josh Allen to where he gets 60 yards rushing, the Chiefs need to hit him often. They They'll have that opportunity pay for hit for running. Mm-hmm. There will be no shortage of opportunities to make contact with him. He's not a guy that really looks to avoid it very much. I will say this. When you go and you watch what he did last week, and, and we'll get more into it in the, in the next segment, but just, just purely the running aspect of it. I thought what you saw from Josh Allen was an improvement in terms of being able to pick through traffic. Um, he's always had good mobility. He's always been able to gain yardage, but I didn't feel like he pushed the envelope that much. Whereas clearly in this last ball game, I thought you see him pick and weave and, and leave some opportunities for collisions that he hasn't done in the past. And so if that carries over, I feel like a lot of the defense is going to have uh, an opportunity to connect with him in a, in a negative way for Josh and a positive way for the chiefs. Yeah. And I'm not saying be dirty about it, but if you have a guy that's running the ball, you go hit him. That's what you do in football. You make them pay for running their quarterback because that is, in my mind, I just don't think that that's a great play call, a pl- great play design. Uh, I know the Chiefs do it at times, but it seems like the Bills do it a lot more. And Spagnuolo actually was talking about how they have actually been talking in the defensive huddle or the defensive room how to stop Josh Allen from running. So I think that that's going to be something that they're going to be looking to do. Yeah, and, that, and that's the flip side of what we always talk about with the way Andy Reid goes about calling his games is, you know, that's out there. They emphasized it last week. Now the Chiefs have to respect it. They have to spend time preparing. They have to spend time meeting. And that takes away from preparation for everything else. So uh, the total is that you have to go spend that time. And you have to use your time efficiently to get prepared so that you can get the most out of it. And if you want to get the most out of all the gasoline that you buy, we have a way to help you. All you have to do is jump in there and grab an app. At any app store that you like, whatever phone uh, device type that you use, it's called Get Upside. And once you download that app and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN, what you get to do is track how many gallons of, of fuel that you use. You get 25 cents back on every gallon that you purchase just for setting up your account. And right now, you get an additional 50 cents back on your first tank. So you sign up for the app, Get Upside, at any of the app stores. Use the code TOUCHDOWN. Then you get to track your gas and you get 15 cents back on your first tank. So for that first tank, it's like knocking 50 cents off right at the pump. You pay yourself back with Amazon cards or to a bank account or however you like. It works for you. Just download the GetUpside app, use the code TOUCHDOWN, and start saving. And as you do that, you're going to have an opportunity too to maybe take that savings and put it on the line for your favorite contest. Maybe it's this divisional game. Maybe it's something coming up called the Super Bowl 56. That's out there. Um, Bet online remains the number one spot for you to place all your sports uh, wagering action in 2022. The new year has brought a new website. It's redesigned. You can check that out and you receive 50% welcome bonus on top of your deposit when you sign up with our code locked on. I know that sounds familiar. Uh, you can bet on all the major sports and some of the minor ones as well. And specifically, this ball game and all of the NFL. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager all your sports and get their action on the line. BetOnline, where the game starts. You and your on the line references. I absolutely love it. Uh, really quick, I want to throw this out there, and I know we need to talk about matchups and four goals for this game. Uh, but I really do feel, and I said this in the crossover, I'm curious your thoughts. Do you think that whoever wins this game is hosting the AFC Championship game? I have to say I don't. Okay. I know the popular thing now, especially if the Bengals beat the Chiefs, is that they are now unstoppable. I don't believe that. Yeah. I'm not going to say they're becomes, unstoppable. 
I just don't believe it, in the Titans. But okay, fair enough. The question becomes: Can you keep the ball away from Burrow, just like that we talk about keeping the ball away from Mahomes and keeping the ball away from Josh Allen? Uh, and I feel like the Titans are better set up to do that, especially with everything that we hear about Derrick Henry being in a better position. Yep. At the end of the day, I don't care. Whoever wins, wins. It's a revenge game for the Chiefs either way. True. I think, honestly, I think the contest that is is more important and more critical and quite honestly more up for grabs is this one yep. against Josh Allen and the Bills. Agreed. I think it's probably the best game, the best divisional game this weekend is going to be this one. That's why it's on Sunday night. Uh, and I do think it is probably, you know, we talked about this as well yesterday on the crossover. This is probably a game that should have, that most people probably were hoping for as a AFC championship rematch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it is what it is. Yep. Um, and that's not to slight the Bengals, all you Bengals fans. I know you're fired up. I know you listen to Jake and the boys over there. Um, you, you'll get yours. I promise you, not a problem. Um, matchups. What we saw in the last game was a pressure battle back and forth that didn't really amount to much. Whereas when we look at what the bills were able to do last week, they got a, a healthy amount of pressure on Mac Jones. Now Mac Jones isn't Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't move around like that. So I, I understand that you can, you can lay that out there, but I think Greg Rousseau has progressed through the season. Epines has been playing pretty well. Jerry Hughes had a nice game last week as well. Uh, so those three guys in particular around and, and moving around the edges, I think are what the Chiefs have to look out for. That's a matchup against this offensive line that has been really, really stout the last few weeks. Can they maintain that against this Bills front? Yeah, and I think the key for me when it comes to that specific matchup is as long as the front three have the games that they've been having the past several weeks and in the past several months, I think Kansas City is going to be in a good position. Mahomes has shown that he is knowing where the pressure is going to be coming from. He knew where JJ, or sorry, TJ Watt, I apologize, was all last week. Uh, he is looking forward to being in a situation where, uh, you know, he has the ability to step up in the pocket. He has done a lot better, I think, this year, especially later in the season, stepping up in the pocket as opposed to just bailing out and running. And so I really look forward to that matchup. My key matchup, though, for this game really is going to be uh, Chris Jones on the interior of the defensive line, or sorry, the interior of the offensive line for the Bills, because Chris Jones didn't play last time. And this is one of the biggest things that I think that we need to look at looking into this game compared to the last Bills game. Chris Jones didn't play. Melvin Ingram wasn't a chief yet. Shavarius Ward didn't play. Uh, Daniel Sorensen was still starting. Mm-hmm. Willie Gay didn't play. It's a completely different defense now. It, it is. I will say that, but I, I wonder exactly how they go about moving Chris around because Mitch Morse is, is still locking down the center. Had a very nice game last week against the pass rush. Now, that said, nobody in New England is Chris Jones. So yeah. how do they choose to go about it? And, and clearly, I think the the right guard had a, a worse week, but I think the left guard's still susceptible as well. And I think I want to see them use Chris Jones in, in a variable way. I want to see he and Jaron Reed move around a lot. I want to see them get in pass rush specific downs and really change it up. I'd like to see them both take on the A gap and make Mitch Morse make a selection because I think Jaron Reed could probably mop up if if Chris does draw the doubles that I expect him to get all all game long. Yep. And I think Chris Jones has shown that he's going to be a game wrecker when he wants to be. And I do think that he's going to have that kind of game this week. Another matchup I'm really looking forward to is the Bills wide receivers versus the Chiefs corners. 
with Fenton likely out, that means Mike Hughes is going to step into a starting role. That's going to be something that some Chiefs fans are going to be a little leery about. I'm a little leery about it as well. It's also possible DeAndre Baker is going to step in and play a little bit as well. We'll just have to see how that ends up going. Um, you know, the other thing, if they think Fenton is going to be out a long time, uh, it's possible Fenton goes on IR. I would hate to see that, but since he hasn't practiced you wonder if that's maybe a possibility. Kansas City likes putting players on IR on Saturdays. Uh, they've got Chris Lamons who they could bring back. Obviously, he's not a guy that's going to play defense, but he could be a huge special teams addition. So uh, lots to think about in that regard. And the Bills wide receivers are very good. And, and if Josh Allen gets the ball out quick, the defensive line won't have the ability to affect the passing lanes near as much if the – CBs are sticky as I hope they are. Yeah, and that's fair. I think the the matchup that I'm concerned about, Isaiah McKenzie's been really, really coming on lately. Had a really nice game last week. If he lines up where he usually does, he draws Legereus Sneed. I'm not that concerned about that matchup. It is Hughes, Baker, whoever isn't Chavarius Ward, likely seeing a lot of Emmanuel Sanders. I think Ward can hold his own against Diggs for the most part. You're not going to stop. Stephon Diggs, but you can rein him in a little bit. It's it's about that other receiver that I'm most concerned about. So my question to you is, do you have Ward travel with Manuel Sanders? And then you double no. Diggs. No. Do you have I Ward travel Ward, with Diggs? Yes. Okay. Well, the way I'm looking at it is, in the way New England's done it in the past, that's the reason I was thinking this is they would take their shutdown corner and they would basically lock down the number two and then they would double the other guy. Mm -hmm. I could see Kansas City doing that. I can see an argument for doing that with this Diggs and Sanders situation. It's just a matter of who you want to have where. Well, I, I think there's another complication as well. We're going to get to that in my first goal to go here in a minute. All right, so now we're going to talk about one of my favorite snacks, Built Bars. I absolutely love these bars. These are absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan, for showing those. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Most built bars are covered, all built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories and 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many flavors to choose from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, built is always coming out with new and limited time flavors. So check out built.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, first goal, and, and this is a big one, because what we talked about specifically in the last segment about the passing game, when we look back at week five, you see that it wasn't Diggs that hurt him. It wasn't Sanders was was number two in receiving that day. Gabriel, Gabriel Davis did have a nice uh, nice catch as well. But the guy that hurt them and the guy that I'm still not sure that they have a solution for is Dawson Knox. And he is someone that Josh Allen, especially when he's scrambling, looks for repeated, 
He is, I, I won't call him the number one because you have Stefan Diggs out there. So I, I don't know how you can say that, but it seems to be that he's the guy that he finds constantly. He went for what? 117 and a touchdown against the Chiefs last time. Huge plays. Again, Dan Sorensen was still the starter. Sorensen was matched up on him a lot. He went for 89 and two touchdowns last week. And so you have to come up with a, a way that you're going to take him away. And as much as I like Tyron Matthew, I don't think he's the answer because Knox is too physical at the catch point. I don't think that that's going to work. So they have to come up with either putting Snead over there or playing enough zone that you feel that Matthews and uh, Juan Thornhill in particular can make breaks on those passes. It's going to be a tough goal. Uh, I, I do think that Dawson Knox could be a problem in this game. Kansas City has shown a susceptibility to tight ends. And the bigger problem you have with Dawson Knox in this game is with all the other weapons they have, you have to try to drop as many as you can into coverage. But you also have to worry about Josh Allen scrambling. That's what we've talked about. That is a big deal. And if you had a situation where you could maybe play Willie Gay on Dawson Knox or at least have him you know, on Knox a lot, that would help. But I still think they're going to have Willie Gay uh, shadow Josh Allen. So one of my goals is to keep Josh Allen under 30 yards rushing. And I'm talking specific designed rushes. I'm not talking like breakdown plays. If they can keep him under 30 yards rushing, I think that they're going to be in a very good spot to be able to win this game. Yeah, I I, I think you're <laughs> I think you're asking a lot to keep it that way. I would go even as far as if he can he can be under 50 yards i think you're in good shape there um again the availability of willie gay is going to be key if he's not available do you see dorian o'daniel in there possibly i don't think that's a great matchup but we know he can probably turn and run with them and keep the angles low well, and that's why the team rally right and that's why i said specifically designed runs uh, mm -hmm. i understand scrambles are a little different so yeah uh, for me the the other key that's that's going to be paramount here is how Patrick Mahomes deals with the safeties. When they met earlier this season, uh, Jordan Poyer had a couple of PBUs. Uh, Micah Hyde picked off Patrick in that game. Um, there was a great play by Gregor or so that I'm not even going to get into because it's out there. Um, I doubt that he can repeat that interception. But then you look at what happened last week against the Patriots. Micah Hyde, multiple interceptions. Great game from him again. Poyer was a guy that was making hits. He didn't actually take the ball away as much, but he was there and he made a, a number of stops. I think that it is about what has Patrick learned since they met the first time. And we've seen quite the maturation, right? What has he learned to manipulate the safeties and understand where they are and where they aren't in order to take advantage of the coverages that they're providing. I think that matchup is going to be the big thing on offense is Patrick versus those two safeties. So what's your goal in that scenario then? Just that he, he doesn't turn the ball over and that he's able to pick apart the zones that they give him. Fair enough. I was going to say my goal would probably be to be plus one or plus two in the turnovers, but you're kind of going there with your last one. I will say that my goal is I looked a lot into what Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey were able to do against the Bills in their regular season games. Uh, 11 catches, I believe, between the two of them on average, uh, one touchdown a game on average. Uh, but in the playoffs last year, 290 yards and two touchdowns combined for those two guys. Almost 300 yards receiving from two players. Now, I'm not saying that they don't need to have big games because they do, but I think that the goal to go for Kansas City is to get 
if it's McKinnon or if it's Clyde or if it's Gore, uh, although I would think it'd be Clyde or McKinnon in this scenario, those two and Pringle and Robinson and maybe even Michael Hardman have a combination of those five guys have close to 200 yards receiving. If you can move the ball around and you can use your weapons, that's going to help you. And the biggest thing that you're going to go against in this bill against this bill's defense is they have a fantastic pass defense. So you're going to have to be able to spread the ball around. And if you can get 200 yards out of those five guys or 150, 175 yards out of those five guys, I think you go a long way towards winning this game because they don't have Travis, Tredavious White, sorry, because he's out with an ACL injury. So he's so they're going to have to figure out how they stop Hill and how they stop Kelsey. Those other guys are going to need to step up, and I have I think they have the ability to do that. If I have my numbers right, the New England Patriots last week were able to go 10 for 11 in passes to the running backs. So, yes, you have to have, especially coming out of the slot, I expect to see Tyreek over there some because I think that's a, a vulnerability of this defense. But for those that are, are hoping that you see more Jared McKinnon be Jared McKinnon, there is an opportunity there because the pass game for the running backs was very optimal in what little the New England Patriots were able to do, and I think it's something they could get some big chunk plays out of again. Yeah, and the Chiefs have the running backs to do it, so I think that's a great – a uh, sign for Kansas City in this game. And I do think that what we have seen from Byron Pringle so far this season has shown that he has the ability to step in and be a, a guy that is probably your best, your fourth option. But they need somebody that can step in to be that third option right now. And I'm not sure who that's going to be. It could be a combination of guys, or it could be Pringle stepping in and being the third option if he goes off for a monster game, which he's done this year. Yeah, fair enough. There are numbers, so let's get down to what we think is going to happen. What, what do you got? I've been back and forth on this, and the thing that I really struggle with is both of these defenses can be very good. The Bills are the number one pass. De- the Bills have the number one pass defense. They are the number one defense in the NFL uh, when it comes to scoring. Bills' offenses, I believe, in the top five as well when it comes to scoring. Kansas City's offenses in the top five when it comes to scoring. Kansas City's defense isn't quite there because of their early season struggles. So it's really hard for me to say that this is going to be a very high-scoring game. I do think that you're going to see multiple touchdowns on both sides. Uh, I still think that Kansas City comes out ahead. It's probably going to be uh, 31-27. Okay. 42 points last week for the Chiefs. 47 for the Bills against the New England Belichick-led defense. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be – a barn burner, like I said earlier in the show. And at the end of the day, it is about controlling just those couple of possessions that you can keep from the other team. Make them drive, make them score. I think at the end of the day, uh, they are able to squeak this out against the Buffalo Bills, but it's going to be, oh, it's going to be creepy tight. I think it's going to come down to probably the last possession. The Chiefs win 35-31. Let us know what you guys think. Drop us your prediction in YouTube, please. I just want to throw this out there because we didn't say it. Chiefs did turn over the ball four times in the last game. Obviously, if you do anything like that, you're not going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Turnovers are going to be huge in this game. Possessions are going to be huge in this game. Uh, Bills didn't punt last week. Kansas City punted a couple of times, but I do think that they're both going to force punts this game. The question I have going into it is how aggressive is their coach going to be? 
I think McDermott is going to go for things that he probably shouldn't, but we'll see how that ends up working out. See, I think he might go for it a couple of times, but I'm thinking most of it is going to be where the percentages are in his favor. This is not going to be a Staley situation, in my opinion. So we'd like to know what you think. Leave us your comments on the YouTube channel. Like, sub, and hit the bell over there, as well as the iTunes. You can subscribe to us on any audio platform. We're free everywhere. We appreciate you guys spending your time and getting ready for this divisional playoff game. It's a late one on Sunday night, but we will have post game for you, so keep that tuned. Thank you for spending your time with us today, and we'll talk to you then.